This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, MLK birthday tomorrow and... uh, MLK Day, the day of observance, is a week from today, right? Yeah, Monday. 21st. Which I can't stand that the kids don't have school. They should be in school that day learning about mm. Martin Luther King Jr. I've always maintained that. It's just dumb for them to be out. Well, I mean, you can learn about Martin Luther King and, and others on the rest of the days in the school year, too. But that's well, I, to have, uh, you know. Don't get me started. Okay. I lived in Arizona when they didn't observe the day, and it did not end well. I understand that. Uh, a little uh, perhaps taking stock then of uh, what uh, the civil rights era has begotten now some 60 years removed. Uh, also, the, the continued importance, of course, of Martin Luther King's work and legacy. But we had this conversation with Shelby Steele uh, several weeks back before Christmas. And he, he helped me crystallize something I wasn't thinking about right in terms of what we talk about a lot, which is messaging to constituencies that otherwise don't affiliate with, say, free market policies in terms of how they vote, um, even though these would be uh, beneficial. He said, y- you have to understand, this is steel, essentially, I'm sort of synthesizing what he said. He said, you know, we're sort of beyond this civil rights era in terms of certainly de jure segregation. We still have problems with de facto segregation, and that's certainly the case in Chicago. Um, and so when the appeal is about sort of social justice, like the left does, too many on the center right try to offer the same re- uh, appeal. I'm not racist either. Rather than offering what so many black families concentrated in urban centers have not had, which is pathways to economic opportunity. It's one of the reasons school choice programs have become so popular and are shifting the balance of political power in states like Florida. Remember, we remarked upon Ron DeSantis nearly winning the Florida governor's race. 44% of the Latino vote, 14% of the black vote. His percentage of the black vote was up, I think, four percentage points over Rick Scott from four years earlier. And those who know on the ground in Florida suggest that, yeah, the more than half a million scholarship families, opportunity scholarship families, able to send their children to better schools because of those scholarships, disproportionately lower income, disproportionately minority, have created a constituency for the Republican Party in Florida. And to some extent, Latinos have done the same for Republicans in Arizona. And, uh, um, and, and so it should inform the thinking about how to approach people who have, certain written you, have written you off for the last 50 years, which would be my way of saying uh, how the Republicans should approach, uh, approach black families, at least in part. But for more of this, I wanted to bring in uh, much more of an expert on the topic than I. He is our friend, Walter Williams, his eminence, the great professor of economics from George Mason University, syndicated columnist, and his most recent piece is where I want to start, The Worst Enemy of Black People. Professor Williams, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for inviting me. So who is the worst enemy of black people? today well uh i guess uh, you could uh compartmentalize it and say well uh black people themselves and uh and then uh, the white liberals uh, who have uh, advocated uh, various programs uh, handout programs by government 
that has, uh, uh, you know, the welfare state has done to black Americans what slavery could not have done, what Jim Crow and all the racism could not have done, and that is destroy the black family. Uh, that is, it turns out that uh, nationally, uh, 75% of black kids are born to unwed mothers, and in some cities, uh, such as your own and, and others, uh, it, you're talking about 80 or 85 percent, and and in 1938, for example, the illegitimacy rate among blacks was 11 percent compared to 75 percent of today, and illegitimacy among whites was 3 percent compared to uh, roughly 30 percent today, and so uh, uh, the, a major problem uh, with uh, black Americans uh, uh, is uh, the, uh, the the liberal agenda that supports this kind of uh, uh, lifestyle. And 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 it turns out that um, that that the worst problems that blacks suffer are self-imposed. That is, it's not the Ku Klux Klan or the white citizens uh, uh, council that's going around and getting 16, 17, 18 year old girls uh, uh, pregnant. It's not the uh, white citizens uh, uh, committee or the Ku Klux Klan riding through Chicago and uh, uh, shooting up. Uh, I think last year. Uh, close to uh, 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 500 people, and 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 matter of fact, some of the some of the most horrible conditions that Black Americans suffer under are in the very cities that have been have uh, ha- that have been under Democrat control uh, for over a half century. Right. Well, what do you think of community leaders such as Reverend Jesse Jackson? Do you think he's helped his community, or is he keeping you know the black man down? What do you think? Well, I, I think that uh, his, his his ideas uh, 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 and what he's been promoting the uh, the liberal agenda uh, has been very harmful to black kids, uh, black people in general. You know, just the whole notion. You know, uh, people are talking about the about the education, and and I've often said that if I were the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan, and I wanted to sabotage any kind of uh, chance for academic excellence among black kids. I couldn't think of a better uh, method than the public school system in most cities, uh, where where uh, uh, blacks are, uh, sometimes, many times, have a high school diploma in hand, and they cannot read and write and compute at the sixth grade level, and that's a, that's that's a fraud. That and and that kind of fraud rests solely on the educational establishment. That is, the educational establishment. Uh, will say, well, look, uh, you know, there's parent parental problems, there's crime in the streets, and et cetera, et cetera, uh, that uh, handicaps uh, black kids' learning. But they have the sole power to issue a diploma. That is, and when they issue a diploma that attests that a kid can read and write at a 12th grade level when, in fact, he cannot read at the 5th and 6th and 6th and 7th grade level, that is just academic fraud. And, and black people have tolerated that. In your piece uh, that I referenced at the outset of this segment, you uh, invoke the uh, words of Malcolm X, who's, just, you know, an iconic black figure to uh, many on the left, uh, particularly like I don't the Spike Lee's of the world. You know, made a movie about him, um, and it seems perhaps that you're suggesting that so many who invoke Malcolm X are misunderstanding the position or the the legacy of Malcolm X. Uh, it wasn't to be a black separatist. It was to be a problem solver. Uh, that seems to be at least in part what you're indicating. Is that fair? That, that, that is absolutely right. That is uh, what Malcolm X was uh, 
part of his message was that uh, that that uh, white liberals cannot solve a black people's problem, and 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 I just gave you a couple examples of the rotten uh, education that black kids are receiving and the illegitimacy rate. Uh, that is, uh, white liberals cannot solve that problem. And and matter of fact, if anything, uh, white liberals have given rise to the problem. That is, they've given. Uh, uh, the the uh, welfare state. They promoted the welfare state that encourages young girls to have babies out of marriage. They they uh, they, they tolerate the uh, white liberals tolerate the high, the, uh, the the gross violence in schools. That is uh, where five uh, percent of the of the nation's um, uh, 3.8 million teachers were assaulted in uh, in 2016, and. And they and and many uh, blacks, including President ex President Obama, uh, they want to stop uh, uh, schools from being able to suspend kids that are violent and unruly. That is, they call it. They want to break the, the uh, the, the uh, I guess high school to prison the uh, chain. They say, but uh, you know the, the kind of things that are being tolerated by today's black people uh, just would not have been tolerated years ago. I'm I'm almost 83. And the kind of things that are tolerated in schools would have never been tolerated uh, when I was a youngster in schools. Oh, yeah, such as talking back to teachers. I mean, I was a substitute <laughs> teacher assaulting them. and assaulting <laughs> them too. I mean, it's it's bad. It's it feels like a war zone in there. That's right. And and several teachers in Chicago. I did a column oh, some time ago, where there are many su- Chicago teachers suffering from post-traumatic. Uh, uh, syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to uh, get your take because you're a uh, renowned economics professor as well. Bill de Blasio made an important statement uh, to give you an indication of where we're at in terms of our political landscape uh, in announcing his plan for New York City to provide health insurance to all of its uh, all of its residents, basically single payer at the local level. And he said, brothers and sisters, and that's important too, almost religious. Brothers and sisters, there is plenty of money in the city. It's just in the wrong hands. <laughs> Your reaction? Uh, well, I, I, I think uh, he and, and other mayors, uh, they've engaged in policies that have run out the most productive city uh, people uh, in their cities and calling for higher taxes, imposing higher taxes on the most productive people and, and the most productive people didn't become productive uh, by being stupid. Uh, he runs them out of the city. You know, if you look at, uh, I'm sorry, if you look at population declines in cities like Baltimore and Detroit, you know, population has fallen by two thirds since 1950 in in uh, Detroit and uh, and Baltimore. And and uh, and a lot of the reason for that is that uh, you know, he had Coleman Young in in uh, oh in Baltimore. Uh, trying to provide free lunches and imposing heavy taxes and restrictions on people, and they just ran them out of the, out of the city. And yeah. so what happens is uh, that the uh, the city loses its tax base and so has raised uh, taxes even more, and then they lose more of their tax base. He is Walter Williams, a professor of economics at George Mason University, syndicated columnist. His uh Website, if you want to get all of his musings on the various topics, WalterEWilliams.com. WalterEWilliams.com is the website. Professor Williams, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. And thank you for inviting me. Goodbye.
and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's morning answer. Morning answer on AM560. The answer.